Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Are you interested in automatically collecting investor commitments and processing distributions? InvestNext offers these features and more, giving you the opportunity to manage your entire portfolio in one institutional grade platform. At LifeBridge Capital, prior to partnering with InvestNext, our team struggled to provide visibility for our investors. We needed the ability to share data on our projects, process payments, and view performance all in one place. Since adopting InvestNext, my team has the tools they need to effectively manage the entire life cycle of each syndication. From capital raising and waterfall calculations to distribution payouts and securely delivering K-1s, we have everything we need in one platform. These features give our investors access to all their data in one place. We no longer are wasting time fielding basic investor inquiries about their investment performance. They're able to log in, see all of their documents, view their capital accounts, as well as invest in any current offerings, all from their mobile or desktop browser. If you want to learn more, book a demo at investnext.com and enter the promo code Whitney for 15% off your first three months. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Rafi Mazariah. You are going to be motivated after this show, no doubt about it. He calls himself an out-of-state real estate investor. However, he's out of the country and he's halfway around the world, but he has acquired a multifamily portfolio syndicating deals you know, of 766 units worth over $50 million. I hope it helps you as a listener to kind of check yourself in the difficulties or challenges that you think you are having, but he really breaks it down. I mean, it's the same business, right? He talks about, I've just got to get on a plane for a little bit longer. Obviously us in the States, we still have to fly often across the country. I'm doing it next week for due diligence. And he built a team, right? He built the team just like we have, but he's developed many skill sets that have helped him to overcome challenges, including the distance, but he's just gained a large experience and he's coaching many, many people in Israel now on how to purchase properties in the U.S., but he's doing a phenomenal job in the real estate industry. I hope you enjoy the show and are motivated, right? I hope you really check yourself and things you're complaining about because, man, he's making it happen and I hope you learn a lot and are motivated as well. Rafi, welcome to the show. You know, just getting to know you a little bit before we started recording, I'm very impressed at your story, what you have accomplished. You know, most don't accomplish that living in the States, much less living in another country and so far away. Just your massive growth and success. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Share some of that with the listeners, though, so they can understand a little more about who you are. And then, you know, I want to use your story to help motivate them for one, but also give them some tips that they can do as well to do what you You've done. All right. Thank you. First, thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast. It's an amazing podcast. I've been following you for a long time. So it's really an honor for me. So my name is Rafi. I live in Israel. I've been doing real estate for 13 years. I was working in IT, got fired. I think a lot of people in real estate started the same way I did. You know, got fired. I didn't find a job. Red Rich Dad, Blue Dad, and you know, decided that this is what I want to do. I bought a condos in Israel. 
for two years. And then in Israel, I found out that the market is, I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's a small country. So there is not a lot of inventory and it's hard to get a good deal. And I heard about the real estate in the U.S. and decided to buy in the U.S. Since the last 11 years, I've started in single-family homes. I did over 300 transactions, fix and flip, wholesaling, buy and hold, everything from Israel, not jumping on the plane for every deal. I got to say that. And in 2018, I shifted to multifamily and did a six indication, 766 units from Israel again. I'm coming to the States, but not that often, you know, as living there, but I'm doing kind of the same as Americans do. So I know I shortened my story 30 years. No, it's incredible. You did a lot in single family and you grew quickly. You started syndication business and now you have, I'm looking at your bio, about 766 units, you know, worth more than $50 million. You know, I just want the listener to think about that, you know, while you're halfway around the world. I mean, what excuse do we have, right? Yeah, no excuse, right? So... Ravi, you know, let's back up a little bit, though. You know, tell me about how you educated yourself to be able to jump into the syndication business and even have the confidence from that far away, from that distance. Yeah. So first, I'm a mentor here in Israel. I'm the top mentor in Israel. We teach people how to buy houses in the States from Israel. I have more than a thousand students. And, you know, I always tell them you need to educate yourself and find somebody who can help you achieve what you want to achieve. And always trying to find a mentor that achieve what you want and have students, right, that are a few steps ahead of you so you have the right environment, the community around you to support you on your way. So what I teach them, I was looking for myself. You know, it's working for my student. Why it's not going to work for me? So I was looking for a mentor and, you know, I started as a co-sponsors on deals, raising funds, but I first started to underwrite deals. For me, it was very important to know how to underwrite a deal and not just say, okay, I will raise funds for this deal just to get the track record. I wanted to understand the process. I like control. So I wanted to be in control while I, you know, do my first deal as a co-sponsor by raising funds. Where did you go from there? Where did you, you know, start? Uh, you, I mean, the network, yes, is so important. Educating yourself in the very beginning, especially, I mean, continually, I think, but especially in the very beginning, so important. What were some of your first steps? Was it the raising funds side? Was it finding deals? Was it, the, you know, acquisitions? What did you do? So the first thing was to learn how to underwrite. That's, I think, the first thing. You need to understand the deal, understand the story behind it. So it doesn't matter if you want to find a deal or you want to just sign the loan or you want to raise funds. You got to understand the deal. So in order to understand the deal, you need to know how to underwrite the deal. So the first thing I was focusing on is underwriting deals. Then I was trying to get myself a deal by reaching out to brokers but what I was using is a lead sponsor who has his track record, right? You got to have somebody who has a track record. So when you submit the offer, the brokers and the seller will take you seriously because if you don't have any experience, it's not like in single family that they don't care how many properties you bought before. Here, they really care. So I was working with the lead sponsor. There is enough, you know, juice for everybody. And I didn't care. Actually, I didn't care about the money. I was scared about getting the experience. So I was, you know, learning how to underwrite, putting offers. And, you know, one of the things I said, why just putting offers? Let's get a track record also by raising funds. I knew I had the capability to do it. So the first deal I actually raised 
almost a million dollar in two weeks just to be a part of the first deal. But I underwrote the deal, sold the deal, everything, did everything like I'm the one who is, you know, like a co-sponsor, not just by because I'm raising the funds. I want to back up a little bit, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you said mentioned like a track record, you know, by raising funds and obviously letting your investor base know that, hey, this is, you know, this is what Rafi's doing now, right? And just to open their eyes to that. But congratulations on a million dollars on the first raise, even within two weeks. Most cannot do that, you know, right out of the gate, right? Tell me about that network though. You know, how did you find those investors? How were you connected with them? Were they longtime friends? Were they people that you just met? How did you nurture those relationships to be able to raise a million dollars on your first deal? So, you know, most people don't tell about, you know, they have a deal. Now they start raising funds. That's a sinking mistake. Well, what I've learned in the process is that you should share your story with others or what you want to achieve. When you want to go to the moon, tell people you want to go to the moon and people will, you know, will start looking how to help you. You know, when they know you, they care about you, they want to help you. They don't go to them and tell them, oh, I have a deal. Give me your money or let's see how the returns and invest. No, it's too late to do that. You need to show them what you are doing and they will start asking you questions without a sale pitch. They will ask you, how do you find a deal? is going to sign the loan, you know, ask you all the questions, but without the defense people have when they feel like somebody is selling to them. So what I did, I shared when I started, I said to everybody, my students, my family, my friends, that I'm going to shift to multifamily and share really the story that I'm working with this and I'm working with that. I was offering on this and, you know, tell them about everything, like very transparent. So when people heard that I have a deal to work on, it wasn't a surprise for them. They were waiting. They actually were waiting to join, right? So I was ready. So you were already doing some real estate stuff in the US, like single family, whatnot, even had clients or students, mentees, or people you were mentoring. And so you had built that trust, right? You had built that trust in other ways before moving to multifamily. So it sounds like they were like, okay, you know, Rafi, we know you, we trust you. And now, yeah, we want to do that with you, right? And so that's what we have to do as well. You know, whether you have a real estate background or not, you do have to build that trust one way or another. You know, talk about even finding that lead sponsor, even people in the States as you're getting started. I mean, it's so helpful, right? I've seen done so many times where you do, you find that lead sponsor that has a track record. So you're not having to build this massive team from scratch, starting from nothing. You know, nobody takes you seriously. You know, you've never done a deal before, all those things. How did you find that lead sponsor, especially from so far away? So, you know, Google, you start by Google. Listen, Americans doesn't know how lucky they are. You know, you have bigger pockets, you have Facebook groups, you have so much of sharing information. Look at all the Facebook groups. When you put a post, how many people will answer you, right? In Israel, you know, we do have a forum, and, but it's not like that, right? It's not that advanced. All the information is available. People help each other always, always. So, you know, you don't need to do much. You just go to a few Facebook groups, Put yourself like, what are you looking for? Who you are? And, you know, start talking with people and, you know, the rest will follow. You know, everybody has their own path. Everybody will select the mentor that they feel like they're a good match for them or a lead sponsor. Maybe you don't have to. Although I do think people should know how to underwrite a deal and not just looking for a deal and have a lead sponsor because I think lead sponsor 
if you don't know what you're doing, they will feel like you're wasting the time, right? Because people now always, you know, tell me, oh, I have a deal here, I have a deal there. And I ask them, do you know how to underwrite? Yeah, how do you know how to underwrite? Oh, we do the 50% expenses, you know, ballpark and say, okay, no, don't send me any deal. It's going to be a waste of time for me right now, right? So learn how to do it and reach out to people and, you know, you will find a lead sponsor. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah, crucial. Surround yourself by people that are in the business, right? I've been there and done that. What were some of the next steps for you, Rafi, to grow that fast, whether you know you can speak towards you know your investor base growing that or just you know the deal flow as well? How have you managed that? How did I scale? Right. What were some of the next steps to scale to where you're at now? So how I scale until now, you know, one of the things everybody's saying, I want to have a thousand doors, I want to have two thousand doors, and etc. I don't believe in that. Because I push myself no matter how many doors. And I don't care about the doors. For me, it's about the process. It's about the result, but it's not about 15,000 units and I have very small share. I want to be more and more, you know, leader on the way I want to, you know, do things. So right now I'm working on deals by my own, right? With team, but I'm the lead sponsor. Before I was a co-sponsor, and then a lead sponsor on a deal. And now I want to do more by myself. So I don't care about how many, you know, a number. I'm pushing myself. How many deals I can do, I will do. What next for me is I'm working on building a fund in Israel. Because I have a good reputation here in Israel. I have access to family offices and people in industrial. And I'm working on building the first fund. It will take a while. Probably. I just started working with a few more people I know to build the first $50 million fund. So I can go and you know work on acquisition ready with money and not vice versa. That's what I'm doing. And also, if there will be a correction, I want to be ready with money. No, that's awesome. So many people are pursuing the fund model now, no doubt about it. I mean, us as well. You know, it's just a very different way of thinking, different way of thinking for your investors too. But man, like you said, you have such a a stronger offer when you are going to buy a project. You know, you can show that balance statement, you know, the cash is already there. But also, you got some cash as well, you know, when there's a correction potentially. And so, yeah, building a fund, yeah, is a whole nother model. But, you know, moving in that direction, you know, you mentioned like leading your own deals now, doing your own syndications. Give us some challenges there. I mean, from being so far away, now leading your own deals in the States that you've had to work through. You know, I heard that so many times. It's funny because Israeli asked me, how do you do it from Israel? American asked me, how do you do it from Israel? And I say, what is the difference? If somebody lives in California and he's buying in Florida, he doesn't live in Florida. He still need to fly. So for him, he still need to build a team, right? On, you know, management company, the right team, asset management, all the things, right? Acquisition or everything while living in California. So for him, it's how many flights from California to Florida? Five, three? Oh yeah. Yeah. It'd be probably at least two flights. For me, it's 24 hours. For me, it's 20, 24 hours flight. But... I would get there next day, right? It doesn't matter, right? So, you know, somebody from California will get to Florida before me, but it's not a competition, right? We can arrive at different times. It's just a flight away. On those two days with the flights and everything, it's easy. So I'm doing it the same as American. I always said from the beginning that I started that I want to do it even better than Americans. I want to be better. I believe in myself that I can do it. So it doesn't matter for me. And I tell you, the funds in Israel are saying the same thing. Who is your local boots? Who is your partner? Because they are used to having a sponsor local 
they're doing that. But I'm telling them, I'm telling them the same. What is the difference? I've been doing it for 11 years, right? It's all about building the team, right? It's only flight away. Why would say I can go online and book a flight and I will drive tomorrow night? I love that mentality. You know, it's just like, okay, whatever it takes, I can be there. I can do it too. And I think in the States or even halfway around the world, that mentality goes a long ways, right? Don't tell me how difficult it's going to be or complain about it. Like, let's just figure out the next step and let's go take some action, right? And it sounds like what you've done in a big way. And I would bet also when you're going to place offers on a deal or you show up, I mean, that's a big statement, right? You know, somebody's come as far as you have, especially with the track record now that you have. You know, I think that's going to go a long ways with a broker when they know that, hey, he's pretty serious. If he's flown 24 hours yesterday to get here, he's pretty darn serious, right? I'm actually leveraging that. I know that's a fact. I'm surprised that that's the effect when people hear that I fly from Israel. I say, okay, but so what? But that's the reaction. So I use that, right? For me, it's a leverage. But like I said, for me, it doesn't matter where I live, right? It's always about the process. It's always about the building the right team. Even I will live there. Let's say I buy in Atlanta. I will live in Atlanta, right? I don't want to be, you know, going to the property every day. If I'm going to the property, I'm not managing a business. I want to be a business owner, not a self-employee, right? So that's how I look at real estate as a business. I just think it's incredible. Just the mindset alone. And also, you know, you're stressing building a team, right? It's exactly what I've done. I mean, it's exactly what I've done. It's finding experts, not being willing to just go make it happen. And I was able to do it from much closer, <laughs> you know, I am going across the country, but not halfway around the world. And so just congratulations to you, Rafi, on making it happen, you know, and I hope that's like motivating to the listeners that are hesitating, right, to make that first offer or to maybe get on the plane and go, right, go somewhere to show you're serious or just to learn, right, and educate yourself. So very worthwhile. And so tell us, so preparing for a downturn, like you're starting this fund in Israel, you're looking to buy projects in the States. What's your thought process behind preparing for a potential downturn? So when I underwrite, I take into consideration pushing the cap rate and I always take the last year cap rate, meaning today's cap rates are so low and, you know, I don't think it's going to stay that. So even when I underwrite, I'm not talking about the buying cap rate, I'm talking about the exit cap rate. I use the previous year cap rate and I push it every year by like 0.1%, right? So let's say in five years, it's half percent or even sometimes depends on the market. I will use even 0.75% up. So I know that I, you know, prepare this way. Also, one of the things I'm preparing is the rent, using the rents. I don't use the pro forma rents that everybody is using. It's harder to get deals this way, I got to say, right? But I think I see in the market that people pushing the rents too high where Less tenants can pay that, right? You know, we need to recognize that there is a limit how much rent tenants will be able to support the rents. It's not that the salaries went up. We need to remember that. The salaries didn't went up, right? All the grocery store, everything, all the prices are going up, but the salary is not. So, you know, need to be, be careful when doing that. And like I said, I don't have like a knife over my head about, okay, I got to have a thousand units this year. It's all about doing a good deal. Do you have any predictions just for the real estate industry or market over the next six to 12 months? Anything you're, you know, you're saying, hey, this is going to happen or this is how it's affecting our buying or selling? 
got to say, I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> I thought the correction would come like last year or at the beginning of the year. But you see that, you know, the market, it's all about what people think about the market, right? If so many people scare about the market, so people will not buy, then there will start to be a correction, right? Or something from the stock market. I think that the stock market will change eventually with all the unicorn, you know, all of this. If that will collapse, then we will see, you know, a correction. But uh, this year, I don't see it coming right now because everybody thinks, I got to buy a deal. I got to buy a deal. You, everywhere you go, everybody's talking about buying deals. It used to be 15% around. Now I hear people buying 12. It used to be eight pref. Now you hear it at uh, six, seven, you know, so people are, you know, willing to push, to be aggressive on the underwriting just to get a deal. What about any daily habits that you have, Rafi, that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? First, I exercise almost every day. It's clear my mind and, you know, it's like a relief from the previous day. And I wake up in the morning, even before the kids and everybody, and I write myself, what are the goals for the day? What I want to do? What I want to be better this day, today? And what I want to achieve today and this week? So when I do that, I implement that to tasks. And, you know, this is our progress. I need to make progress every day by 1%. I learned it from somebody. I don't know from whom. It's not mine. But I took it a long time ago. 1% every day. That's it. No craziness. I got to do a deal. You know, all the noise is just, you know, do it every day, pushing yourself to the next step. Consistent daily action and improvement. I mean, those small things add up. I've done numerous shows recently talking about that. It's like, man, you feel like you're not going anywhere. You almost don't even start those daily actions or habits or routines, whatever people want to call them, because you feel like, well, that's not going to get me anywhere. But man, you know, six months from now, if you've done that consistently, you've gone places. You're like, things have changed, right? What about your best source for meeting new investors right now? I got to say, I don't know how I do it, but most of my investors, I have never met them before. Always over a phone call, Zoom. Never met them. Even before the corona, I used to talk with people over the phone. I believe if I meet somebody, it's got to be one too many. So it's about giving them value, helping them on the way, right? If you have them on the way and you have a goal to achieve something and also it will work for them, they will join. That's how I meet investors. But it's over the phone and I don't meet them in person. How do they hear about you? Google, Facebook. I have so many students, you know, so they recommend and uh, I have a funnel also. So again, I have a mentorship. So my mentorship, I have course, I have seminars. Last week I did a seminar, 4,500 people joined the seminar. It's a lot of people, right? So, you know, it's all about putting yourself out there. Now, people may say, okay, he has confidence and I don't have that. But not a lot of people know that I was shy before. I wasn't like that. I forced myself to be in this position because I know this is how you make opportunities. If you be shy with what you do and what you want to achieve, it will be harder. So, you know, I put myself like you. You put yourself here, you interview people, you give value, and you get the recognition, right? That's the way to do it. What about the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think persistent. Persistent and honesty. Honesty is the thing that I really 
believe in. Some people, it's hard for them to hear that my honesty because I always say my honesty and I expect people to tell me. So I think honesty is what has contributed a lot to my success. And how do you like to give back? Usually it's connecting people. If I have a chance to connect people with somebody, I feel like I'm blessed. So connecting people, give them value, you know, teach them something they want to know, push them to do the next steps, to start the journey. I know the journey, starting the journey from being an employee is very hard. That's something I talk a lot. It's very hard because you have habits as an employee. And as an entrepreneur, you push yourself and you believe in yourself that you will achieve it. But when you start, you don't have it. So I feel like my mission is to help people, you know, help them achieve their dreams, the secret dream that they are not allowing themselves to say that they want to achieve it and show them and give them inspiration and show them that it's possible for them. That's why I always dress, you know, I don't dress like I'm a big shot or anything. I want to keep myself simple so people want to say, okay, Fraffy can do it, we can do it. That's really the inspiration. And that's how I help people. Yeah, that's awesome, Rafi. You know, $50 million in real estate, you know, from halfway around the world. It's very impressive. Just being persistent, like you said, being honest, all those things, but the willingness to step out. You know, you said you were shy at one time and you had to be willing to push through those challenges, right? Those limiting beliefs, all those things we've talked about so many times. That is such a great story. I hope it's motivational to the listeners as well. You have to step out. You have to work on building that team. Just like Rafi said, I mean, we've done so many shows on team building and hiring and using VAs and full-time employees. It's so important. You've seen how so many have done it, including myself. It's out there, right, Rafi? I mean, the information is out there. There's people that will help you. Rafi, amazing story. Congratulations again to your success. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. They can find me on my website, proudcommunities.com and contact me. There is an email and a phone number they can call. I have a VA who will you know, take the call and I can call back. I'm very reachable. One of the things I believe in is always be reachable to people. No matter how big you're gonna, I'm going to be, I will always be a guy who remember where he started and I want to be reachable to people. So if anybody wants to ask me a question, I will find a time. I'm a busy guy, but I always, always find time for people. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.